everybody it's double g for the fight game podcast as always john LaRocca's on uh, on the air here and we're trying a little bit of a different thing instead of using the cell phone we're using the skype app and he's got a headset and a mic so hopefully he sounds a, a little bit more clear john give us a test testing 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 sound great they to me got, man man the fight game block budget <laughs> <laughs> Gary Gonzalez made a special trip out. You got it. You got in. You got to invent, have these headphones. You got to invest headphones. in the talent. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate, I appreciate you investing in me. Um, so, our post Christmas uh, podcast. Uh, we're recording this uh, one day after Christmas, so we'll get to the, when we get to talking about the kids. I want to hear all about Christmas and how the kids and how Chloe and. And Hunter, we're all, you know, all excited for everything Christmas-wise. Um, but before we get to that stuff, there is some wrestling stuff and some MMA stuff to talk about. So, obviously, I'm sure everybody knows about the Bones Jones fiasco. We'll talk about that. Uh, I did actually, fa- I fast-forwarded through a lot of Raw and SmackDown, but I did sit and watch some of it as well. And uh, and so uh, I want to talk to you about some of that, and then uh, and then that's about it, and then we'll then we'll hit the end stuff. So uh, first of all, we'll start with the kind of the the big story first. I think, every, like I said, everyone's kind of aware of the story, which is John Jones uh, fail. Well, okay, let, let, I'll read the USADA statement. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll sort of read how USADA explains what happened. So basically, they collected a, a, a urine sample from, from John Jones in an out-of-competition test session on December 9th, uh, and the credited WADA lab in Salt Lake City showed that his test contained an extremely low level of this long, this long word of whatever the drug is, uh, basically calling it a metabolite of DHCMT or another chlorine substituted anabolic steroid. So I think what we believe this to be is uh, more more normally or casually known as Tyranobol. So some remnants of Tyranobol. And so they said this is the same substance that was detected in Jones's positive test from July 28, 2017, for which he received a 15-month sanction from an independent arbiter under the UFC anti-doping policy. And so they concluded that the extremely low level, they couldn't just write low level, they had to write extremely low level, of DHCMT is consistent with residual amounts from his prior exposure for which he was previously sanctioned. So essentially, we're not, he's not going to be suspended twice for what we believe is to be the same drug test failure. And they believe that Jones obtained no performance enhancement from this level. 
the level reported was approximately 60 picograms per ml. I don't know what the ml is uh, exactly. And there was no parent drug or other metabolites of the drug in his sample. And so he is not facing a violation. Okay, so when you hear of what we've, we've been surprised, well, not even really surprised anymore, but we've been alerted with John Jones news over the last like six or seven years about something dumb he's done, like a hit and run uh, where he leaves the scene of a, of a pregnant woman. Uh, the drug test failures, the failure for cocaine, um, him uh, not coaching his entire season uh, for the Ultimate Fighter because he was messed up from partying, like all that stuff, right? So we, we've heard about John for a long time, just always sort of in the news for things that aren't positive outside of how great of a fighter he is. So when you heard that he he tested or his test showed uh, 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 the drug again, what, like, what hit you? Like, what did you, what, were you surprised? Were you like, oh, come on, dude, again? Like, what was your reaction to that news? Well, first of all, when you're reading a description of what was in that drug, I was trying to figure out what the macros were. On that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, uh, yeah, we would have to weigh it on the, the food scale. And we'd have to uh, figure out if it was a carb or if it was fat or whatever. Um, and I heard the news. I'm just, just, <laughs> I broke out and laughed or rolled my eyes. But then I can start thinking about like, man, what a waste of talent. What a, I'm tired of every time this guy fights or some kind of BS along with it. And of course, they're not going to punish him. It's some kind of excuse to keep the fight going. I'm sure a nice briefcase of money was passed off somewhere. <laughs> That's my. It's just, it's dirty. It's a dirty business. It's a fight game, right? It's the fight business. It's been dirty, but just this guy is just gets away with so much, and it's like it'd be nice to see a lot of refunds and people not showing up, but it's probably not going to happen. And I'm just hoping Guster just knocks his block off and <laughs> just destroys him. I'm tired of the John Jones. Go away. Go away. Get out of here. He has go away heat to... with you. The only time I want to see you is like when it's on 30 for 30 again or something, you know, John Jones story. John Jones. The John Jones story is going to be an awesome 30 for 30, by the way. Yeah, it might be a, a theatrical release. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... My initial reaction to this, and I sent uh, our buddy Big Dave Meltzer a, a direct message immediately saying, okay, if this is the same substance from, you know, a year and a half ago, does that mean that he hasn't been tested between now and then? Because if he has been tested and it has been negative... On those tests, then how does he pop dirty for this last one? Exactly. And I think that's sort of the unresolved question, and they have yet to explain how that can happen. Because if you have no expl explanation for that, my gut tells me that he is basically doing the same thing that he got caught for the last time. And he thought he was being smart about it, but he's 
not because he keeps getting caught. And it's like literally the same thing that happened the first time. So uh, the, the, the part that is, is frustrating is that they say that extremely low levels, right? Extremely low levels is still a lot more than what they caught Filthy Tom Lawler for. Exactly. Um, and so we know that, you know, Tom Lawler was suspended for two years and then they cut him before he could even come back. And so it's it, it's definitely feels like, you know, that they are making they, they are trying to find a way so that he does not get caught again. And because then, you know, they've already sort of, they already gave him the get out of, you know, the get get out of uh, steroid jail free card the last time when they cut his suspension. And so this time, if he pops dirty again, it would be for an extended amount of time. And you're probably taking him uh, out of the, the, you know, out of the peak of his career and uh, at that point. And so it just it, it's a little frustrating in that you almost wish they would say, you know, hey, guys, you know, after this, you know, do, do the Sid, the Sid, the Sid Vicious one uh, when he when he uh, when when WWE had to suspend him. It's like, let's wait for WrestleMania 8 to be over, and then we'll take your suspension public, and then you'll be cut after, or you'll have to be suspended after. Like, at least just say, hey, look, we need we need the money. We got to make a lot of money on this fight. John popped again, and we'll deal with it after the fight. Because, like, instead you just lie, right? And instead you just, like, you just hope that nobody is smart enough to figure this out. You have the USADA head... Um, you know, just basically saying that, oh, you know, it wasn't performance enhancing at that level. Well, no shit, because his body used up all the performance enhancing and all that's left was just a little bit he got caught for. It's like, come on, like nobody is that stupid, right? And and so why is it the media covering like why isn't like the major media covering this? I mean, big day, major media, but like more people need to pick this up. You know what I mean? Like, well, so, so, you know, what the hell? Yeah. So, so it's funny because, you know, we were just talking about this, what, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the whole Greg Hardy and Rachel Ostovich thing, right? And it was almost as, as almost as like, like you say, you know, you have this whole situation. It's, it's a black eye for the, for the sport, but nobody cares enough to report on it in the mainstream media, like, you know, ESPN, obviously ESPN's not going to report on it, but, you know, normal, you know, your, your normal mainstream websites are not reporting on it because to them, the UFC is not, not really worth really digging it into yet. Um, but it's almost like the UFC goes, well, let's see if we can outdo the last time. And still, right? Still, nobody has picked up on it. They outdid the last story with negligence and and you know inaccuracies and and just flat out lying. I mean, did you see the uh, the embedded? You know what? I I want to. I know they've been posting them. And I have to get on it because I definitely want to see the reaction of Gustafson when this happens. And you know, I I, I I guess episode three is like the one, right? So yeah. I definitely have to check that out. I, and I usually watch a lot of the embedded before the pay-per-views because they? they're always really good. They really do get me hyped up for the show. But, uh, yeah, I definitely need to watch that. Let's try to do that tomorrow. I I was just – I was so amazed that they put this thing on online 
because you have Dana White going like, like he's being so defensive early on, basically saying, look, this is not me saying this as if to say, because because if it's me, I, I would li- I would probably lie to you. But this is not me. This is USADA. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> line was so funny. And then he's he's basically saying he goes, he goes, your fi- uh, he goes, the reason the fights in L.A. is because, uh, you know, I wanted to be fair to you. And then he said, uh, and I want to be fair to John. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, uh. Gustafson's face, he he has the face of a guy that is saying, I can't believe this is happening, but I kind of can believe it's happening. And I, I, I have no idea what to do or what to say. Like, his management team, they have no questions because they know, right? They know that if they ask questions and they dig in and and they have issues, then the biggest fight of Gustafson's career is off. And who knows? Maybe maybe they maybe they do it again, you know, at some point. But then at, at that point, you're Gustafson. You just like you question everything, right? You're like, why do I want to fight this cheater? Because if he wins, then you know, basically, I'm like Daniel, where mm-hmm. I'm just questioning, you know, if I can beat this guy. Uh, whether if he's ever going to be clean, and it was just such a bad situation. I'm, I'm just like thinking, like, okay, let, let let let's think. You are running a company. You are the head, like one of the head people in the company. Your employees, who you are supposed to take care of, right? They are supposed to be your employees, and there's one employee who just continually is a bad person is like not doing things the right way. He's sort of like makes you look bad. And you have this other employee who's just a soldier. He's just like right behind. He's like, you know, I'm here when you need me. I'll come in late. I mean, I'll come in early. I'll work late. And you just basically have to like smile and grin in that guy's face and, and let the other guy do everything he, he possibly wants, even though he's just not a good person. And it's like, there's so like, again, you know, not, nothing is really fair in life, right? Like this is one of those things, but it's just like, Oh, it just, it just, you know, you just would not want to do business like that. And, you know, in this, in this sport, they're constantly doing business like this all the time. And then when you have guys like, GSP or Tyrone Woodley um, and they really know how much you know guys make and how much they should hold out for and you know they finally have some leverage and then Dana goes oh by the way you know Usman's gonna fight for Woodley's title whether he fights whether Woodley who is the champion is is there or not right so (laughs) it's just like you know there's just so much um that there, you know, I I don't know if the UFC will ever become what they want it to be because it's too much of the of the politicalness of boxing, and there's not enough you know mainstream uh, appeal to it to to that level, and so it may not it may always be sort of where where it's at, but like gosh, like just why why you know just make us not like it more. Um, but, you know, but, hey, I, I'm as guilty as everyone because I'm going to watch the fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. I think Jones is going to win. I think he's going to smile. Uh, I think the crowd's going to cheer him. I think Joe Rogan is going to 
not even really mention the hubbub from the weekend <laughs> and it's going to go on and John is going to continue to be John and he'll probably screw up again and they'll probably cover up for him again. You know, it's like, uh, you know, he's kind of like um, Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy at this point, right? Where all of a sudden you keep screwing up and they cover for you and then they reset how many times you've screwed up. So you start over at one again rather than be suspended for like a long time. It's like craziness. But, yeah. you know, I it's just it, it's a frustrating situation. And I think, you know, for the UFC, the f- if they ever got mainstream, imagine the something like this happening and how much, you know, how much what would happen like. You know the baseball steroid issue. Well, baseball in of itself kind of let that thing sit under the radar. But the but you know when it happened and when it became, you know when it when it became what it was, it was like the biggest story in all sports for a little while. Um, and and football, you know, similarly this concussion thing, like they they let it stay under the radar as long as they could. But finally, it came out. And it becomes the biggest story, and then you have to answer questions. And I think the U.S. UFC is very lucky. They don't really have to answer questions because they got a lot of guys who want the sport to, the sport to succeed. They're willing to be, um, you know, somewhat of like a PR uh, situation so that they can keep, you know, they can keep reporting on it and and it, they enjoy it. But you know, like like we said about you know Big Dave Meltzer, he's gonna you know he's gonna I'm sure report on it as fairly uh, as as anybody and and really ask the hard questions but you know he's really only one guy now i'm there's probably going to be tons of other guys who will pick up on it um at some point but i I don't feel like they're going to pick up on it soon enough before the fight i think it'll all be sort of after afterward and and by then you know the story may be be dead and we're going to move on to a race losovich and uh, greg hardy again and that'll be the new the new thing so i just had to get that out of the way it's just i could i could just imagine like John Jones being caught with a smoking gun over a dead body. Dana White being like, "Are we not sure the guy jumped in front of it? Jumped in front of those bullets? Maybe no, that is his fault. Exactly. Uh, he has a big fight coming up. I don't think it was his fault. It's funny. Uh, it's funny that you use that metaphor because my definition of what John Je- John Jones is today." is he's absolutely bulletproof. Like, he can continually screw up, and so many people are going to cover for him. And 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 as a parent, you know that that type of, you know, what that begats is the type of behavior that you get from someone like John Jones. And, you know, here's going to be this. This is going to be the sad part, right? In five or six years, when John Jones isn't a draw when he can't fight the way that he can now and they stop like treating him like, you know, with, with, with the kid gloves and the realities face. And it's like, they kind of wash their hands with him. That, 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 I think that's going to be pretty sad because then he'll have to sort of just deal with being, uh, you know, a normal guy and, and without the UFC constantly covering up for his mistakes and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully, he'll be a little bit more responsible at that point. But, um, but yeah, I think that, I think that's going to be a, a reality. It's kind of, it's kind of like that, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, uh, you use the horse until the horse is done. Right. And, and that, and that's what, that's what this sport is. And I hope by the time that happens, John will have sort of, you know, sort of things figured out a little bit more. 
I hope John is on VH1 Celebrity Rehab. With <laughs> oh, Scree- man. Screech from Saved by the Bell and the rest of the... Dr. Drew. Yeah, the rest of the goofballs out there. That's what I want to see. John Jones on Celebrity Rehab being a goofball. Jose Canseco. Tanya Cotaine. Ta- Tanya Cotaine. Jose Canseco challenging him to an yeah. MMA match in the house. Yeah, we could do it in Tokyo, brother. They pay really well. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you heard of Rising? John, have you heard yeah. of Rising? <laughs> yeah. No, they gave Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> so all that being said, do you do you think Gustafson can win the fight? I picked him on our picks just because I ain't picking that John Jones. Damn, that's, <laughs> I think he can. You know, he hasn't fought what, since 2017 himself, right? So it's yep. been a while. Yep. I just hope he, if he keeps a level head in there, doesn't get, you know, too angry and fight beyond his game plan. I go different route. I think he, I think he win. But John Jones is a, he's a really good athlete, just a natural out there. Doesn't you know? So and he's dangerous with everything, you know. But he did take John to the limit, right? In that classic light heavyweight championship fight. So I'm just hoping, Gustin just brings it all together and is able to stop him and stop him convincingly. I just love, would love to see that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't, I don't know that I would have picked Gustafson. I think I would have still picked Jones, but I was trying to like figure out, you know, God, yeah, you know, Gustafson's got the reach. He's a bad matchup for John. John had trouble with him last time. But then my buddy Oliver Kopp, kind of knocked me back into into reality. <laughs> he said the last time that they fought was and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, I don't I don't know exactly I can't remember exactly what he, he said, but he basically said, you know, what what makes him question whether Gustafson is actually a good matchup for him. He didn't even predict any any what was gonna happen. He just sort of made a, a statement which was Gustafson had fought a great fight Gustav uh, Jones wasn't at his best and probably didn't even really train for the fight and he still won. And so when you look at it that way, you're like, yeah, that pro- that's probably what it takes, which is Jones not taking him seriously and probably not um fighting very well and Gustafson has to be like on his absolute best. And can he do that again? Maybe he can, but I don't think Jones is is going to excuse me. I don't I don't think he's going to be you know at, at his worst again, and yeah or you know look again then again you know he just did what he did so who knows right? But still I think you know when 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 you look at it from that perspective, it just makes me think okay, if if Jones is even at seventy five percent, he probably wins this fairly handily. But you never know, because maybe may, you know, maybe the maybe you know, maybe age has has happened. Maybe John's gotten a little bit old, or maybe the reflex that 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 is the wild card, like you said, because both guys haven't really been around lately. But um, but yeah, and 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 look, the money is really in Jones continuing, right? Like that, like if it wasn't, then what happened this weekend is probably a different story. But he's the money, and he's you know, and 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 all the the big fights heading into 2019 are built around him, not around Gustafson. So I, I just can't imagine that, that Gustafson comes away, but you know, if Gustafson wins this fight, he's like the hero 
of a lot of fighters in that locker room, <laughs> including a lot of people on that card in L.A. Um, that, you know, that that have now had to reroute their camps or not their camps, but like reroute their family who was coming to see them fight, um, rerouting like, you know, just just having to deal with with different training and booking. Dip, I mean, uh, traveling and booking different things. And then, you know, there's tax issues in, in California that you don't ha- that you that you don't have to deal with in Vegas as much because the taxes are higher. And so they're out like a lot of money. And to some extent, like, you know, um, I, I don't you know, several, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for some of the higher paid fighters on the show. So there's, you know, lots of stuff going on. But yeah, so. We'll get off the Jones, the Bones Jones train here, and just what, the other fight, which is um, Cyborg against Amanda Nunez. Um, I feel like Amanda Nunez is sort of similar to Gustafson in that she's going to have to be on her best to, to beat Cyborg because otherwise, I think uh, Cyborg is just too strong and too big. I agree. That's why I went with the Cyborg in my pick. But I just can't see Amanda pulling it out. But, but like I said, she's just she has to be on everything. But. I think Cyborg is gonna get her, get her late. You know, I think it's you know they both get tired though. It depends how long it goes. They they both have some issues of cardio, so yeah. we'll see who who trains harder and who can who can last longer. And Amanda, she you know she she would be such a big star coming out of this fight if she could beat Cyborg. And this is you know outside of Holly Holm. You know this is Cyborg's biggest test, right? So yeah. we'll see. And I I mean. I don't know. I, I, I see Cyborg uh, just uh, she, she, you know, she's a really good athlete now. You know, I, it's kind of funny that she's on the same show that that Jones <laughs> got popped for. But, you know, we'll, I, I still think I still think she's going to win. And I just don't know what's left for her after this. But, you know, they got to be they got to be they got to be they got to find her someone if she wins. And if and if Nunez actually wins, that they, they can they can do it again. Or if there's, you know, some sort of split decision where the fight is close, then, they, then they'll probably do it again. But, uh, yeah, if Cyborg wins pretty decisively, I, I just wonder who, who else well, she can kinda, fight. Are they kind of hoping Kat Zagana wins in the undercard and then maybe build that up for Cyborg? I'm, sh- I'm sure, but, like, man, you then you're really selling something hard and that that's a little, you know. We, we've seen, I mean, Kat, Kat's good, but... You know, we've seen her in in some high profile fights, and she hasn't been super impressive in in most of those. So, and Megan Anderson was supposed to be built up for Cyborg, and then she ended up losing her debut in the UFC. So, and she's fighting Pat on this show, yep. which is a fight, which is a fight I'm looking forward to because I, I like both girls a lot. So, I'm looking forward to that fight, which is on the prelims. So, I'll be able to catch it when I uh, when I tape it, but. Uh, Oh yeah, you yeah. got a, you got a holiday party to go to. Yeah, I got my wife's uh, salon's holiday party in San Martin, California, and uh, should be a, a fun get together. And looking forward to it. Um, okay, so let's let's maneuver over to uh, to Raw, and there's not I mean there's not really a whole lot of news going on outside of the John Jones thing because it's the holidays and you know lots of you know I think WWE actually had an MSG show tonight. Uh, I've seen lots of pictures there. Uh, John Cena and John Johnny Gargano taking pictures together. Um, and, but uh, Monday was was Raw, so the Christmas Eve edition of Raw tape show. So they taped the, the last week. Um, so you got to see uh, those who 
who were at last week's uh, live Raw got to see the the a second Raw. I can't imagine that that uh-huh. uh, they weren't excited to see that. But uh, the only, the main thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Ronda and Natty had a match that was like it was kind of like a throwback. It was really um, just you know, a lot of mat work. You know, babyface versus babyface. There was a built-in story of like you know friends who didn't want to hurt each other, but you know Natty was a little bit hungrier because she wanted to be champ and um, and just like you know supposedly according to Natty like they they kind of just called it in the ring and you know there was only one real time I saw Natty just directly talk to Ronda, uh, but just really really good match. Now you know the 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 without like a lot of the high spots that that they do I, I didn't see the I didn't hear the crowd really get super super into it but man it was such like a fun kind of throwback match where you get to see how good of a wrestler Natty is and uh and you know the the finish was Ronda finally getting the armbar on and she's telling Natty I don't want to hurt you you know I don't want to do this you know just give up like I don't I don't really want to go here and finally sunk in the armbar Natty had a tap and then you know, Natty's selling it after, and they raise each other's hand. It was, it was, it was a good, good match, and just like, you know, fun. One of those fun, where they just let the let them go, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't this long, convoluted, you know, match where there's like two peaks and like, you know, th- like it was, it was just good stuff, and I was, I was happy to see it. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch that one as well. I was I didn't, didn't have a chance to watch it on Christmas Eve, of course, busy with family stuff. But uh, so you're telling me that she had the armbar applied fully, or she was gonna put the armbar on, and she was telling Natty that she didn't want to do this. Yeah, it was pre-armbar. It was like what <laughs> once they once uh... once they got off of the ground. So it you know. A lot of Rhonda's spots are are really aggressive, right? Like when she's uh-huh. on, like when she's on fire, she's really aggressive and she's talking shit and she's like, like, like posing to the crowd and like slapping her her triceps. But in this match, she was like, it was she was matching Natty basically on the ground, and then finally it got to a point where she was like, oh man, I might have to actually throw a punch. <laughs> And she's like, oh, I'm going to have to throw these punches. And she threw the, her, you know, her punches in the corner. And there's another moment where she did her little Samoan, uh, Samoan slam. And you could just tell there was apprehension because she was like, oh, like, this is my uh, friend. Um, uh, I don't think I'm going to like this, man. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll don't watch it. Maybe I'll come swing back, uh, swing back next week. But, uh. I just don't understand when people sign a contract to wrestle each other, even though they're friends. They just don't want to. They just don't want to <laughs> deliver any kind of physical damage. I mean, that's you're in a contact sport. You know, it's like boxing. Two friends boxing. Well, I don't want to hit the guy. <laughs> you know, doesn't make sense to me. I think what would have made more sense, and maybe you know, if WWE could have given it a little bit more thought, would have been them signing a match and agreeing that it would be mostly grappling, you know, without any, any high, you know, any punches or kicks or, or, you know, Ronda throws that, that, uh, that knee, but they didn't, they didn't do that. And, and the announcers tried, you know, they, they tried to explain the psychology. Um, though, uh, 
I think my, I think Michael Cole at one point said Ronda was brawling when she actually wasn't brawling. He, he I think he he wasn't paying attention or something. But you know, I think that would have been better because then one of them could have got pissed off and sort of broken off the agreement, and that would have made the other one go like, okay, like now it's on, and now now we're going. But yeah, it was it was a little weird because you know Natty was a little bit more the aggressor, and then Ronda was finally like, okay, I have to do this. Now I have to really fight you like if you were Nia Jax and and but she still didn't have like that same fire. She didn't have the same, um, you know that 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 same talking trash and getting all crazy. You know a lot a lot of the match was like her just kind of not being. I don't I want I don't know if she was sad, but she was like you could tell there was like a. There was like a, a decision she had to make, and she didn't want to make that decision at that moment. Kind of face that's what she's making the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't I don't think I'm gonna like this match at all. I really think it should have been simple. It should really simple of just them having the match the week before. They're talking about the matches sign that they're gonna wrestle each other. They're longtime friends, longtime training partners. Ronda can talk about Natty's the one that got her ready for pro wrestling. That Natty showed her a lot of tricks, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, of course, Natty's has more tricks she hasn't shown her. And that she's going to, and that she cuts a serious promo to Ronda. Said, Ronda, we are friends today. But come Monday, we are not friends. We are opponents. And I want to become the woman's champion. That is my goal. I want to be where you're at. And I'm going to defeat you to do that. And I'm going to do everything I can to do it. Doesn't mean she has to go heel in the match and use like the steps and the chair, you know, all that stuff. But she could be aggressive and look like she really wants to win the match, you know, instead of like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Come on. I don't want to put the arm bar on to win it. I mean, I mean, she's not going to break it unless Natty decides not to tap, which could have been a very dramatic story where Ronda has the arm bar. And and Natty does not want to tap, and then Ronda doesn't want to break it, but she can't do anything about it now. Like, he's just a win, or or put her Natty at her, you know, stop Natty from hurting herself by just you know, I don't know, doing something different or having to snap it. Maybe she has to do it, you know, to win this match, you know, because Natty's not gonna Natty's not gonna stop or something like that, you know, she's not gonna tap. Something or the ref could jump in and call it, or she tells the ref call it, you know, or something like that. And they could have done something different, a little more dramatic than this is the this is the same issue I had the same issue I had with the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Ibushi in Long Beach. And I was there live, you guys were, but I watched it. I'm seeing like, and everyone's talking, this is a great tag match, one of the best tag match ever. I'm like, this match is not that good. Like, why is like. Like like Omega's like I don't I don't want to hit my one winged angel or my friend. It's like that's your finisher, bro, and you're trying to win a match. Hit the damn move, like. Okay. Maybe he thought it was like a real like big finisher. You don't want to like break the guy's neck. He's been hitting it on how many? <laughs> Come but, on! But nobody kicks break. out. Well, he wants to win, right? What do you sign it for? Just to just to do a dance it's not dancing competition okay it's so wrestling so what about damn it what, <laughs> what about flair sean michaels flair sean michaels oh i love you and i in a super kick yeah yeah you know he is a different emotion like he's 
he knows if he beats Ric Flair, like he knows he, when he beats him, he's going to be his last match, right? right. That's going to be. And you know what? He loves you. I love you, but he did it. Boom. That's what they signed for. That's what they signed up for. But you know what Ric Flair's thinking? Mm. You don't love me that much, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I always remember, this, I always remember story where Ric Flair told the story about Goldberg, wrestled Goldberg first time. He's, or Goldberg's telling the story about how he picked up Ric Flair for the jackhammer. He says, don't hurt me, goddammit. <laughs> 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 like like mid-jackhammer or something funny or... You know, but uh, but that's why I, I don't understand these stories. These stories are ridiculous. Like, friends can wrestle, friends can fight, friends can box each other. You know, like your goal is to win the freaking match, not go out there and be like, "I don't want to hurt you." It is pro wrestling. You know, what I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Just to uh, just to be clear, um, I don't think Ronda didn't want to put the armbar but i think she was like only gonna put it on if she had to put it on like i think she, i think the idea was i want to win this match but i want to win it without having to put the armbar on and at that point she was like well if i'm gonna win i have to put this armbar on and she then she, then she did it so um yeah but when you get to watch it we'll, we'll we'll chat about it so i don't often do this but i watched both shows back to back and and to sit through, well, I mean, I fast-forwarded through a lot of Raw because it was so boring. But um, SmackDown is an easier watch, as we know, and plus it has Daniel Bryan on it cutting cutting lots of great promos. And uh, Dave Dutra's on. Dave, Dave Dutra's in the background of, uh, I think he's in the background of when Daniel Bryan jumps... Mustafa Ali. So I, I think Dutra's in the background for that thing, but I, uh, if I if I'm wrong, then uh, then I'm sure he'll he'll correct me if he listens to this. But uh, so there's a couple. Th- I guess the most noteworthy thing on Raw is the end, and I I, I don't know if you've seen this uh, seen the, the gif of this or the or the short video of this, but basically at the end of the show. Vince, uh, AJ wants to see Vince or Vince wants to see AJ. I, I must have missed something because I didn't know exactly why they were looking to speak. But AJ goes up to Vince and Vince basically does that thing where he goes, you know, well, what are you? Who are you? And so AJ's got to do his thing of like, I'm AJ Styles and has to cut all of his trademark phrases, his catchphrases and everything. And so Vince is basically trying to get you know, fire out of AJ. He wants, you know, he wants the AJ, AJ's AJ. We got all, we got, we got something in common. We both have blackened souls <laughs> and I know that, you know, there's something inside of you and he's doing the whole Vince thing. And you know, when you don't see it for a long time, hearing Vince cut that promo that he's so good at is just so entertaining. Like I'm, I'm sitting there entertained, but I'm also waiting f- for AJ to do something because he just looks like, he looks like, a young baby face who has is not the champion who Vince is trying to get some stuff out of, right? So that that's what he looks like. And so then finally Vince like gives him a very weak slap. I wish they would have recut it, but it's live TV or whatever. Uh, maybe they maybe they shot it live. I don't know, but he kind of slaps AJ like on the back of his ear or maybe on the back of his neck, and then AJ just does this like really like fake you know getting angry and then he slaps vince and vince takes a bump 
and then all the guys, you know, and then he's like gets in Vince's face and he screams as if like all of a sudden, you know, this is really the true AJ and Vince knew all along that, you know, this is AJ and then AJ gets taken back and Vince kind of, you know, he, he, he's selling it, but he's kind of smiling as if like, you know, I, I, I can, I can manipulate people and I can get this out of them. I can get the best out of AJ. So as a segment, it was okay. I thought it was, Vince was entertaining. Um, the bump and all that was kind of weak, but you know, Vince is like 73 years old. So I'm kind of glad he didn't really do anything dangerous, but, but I hear people coming out of this segment going like, Oh, does that mean Vince is going to wrestle? And I was like, what are you guys talking about? Like, you don't want to see that. Like you don't want to see Vince wrestle. You don't want to see him have to take any bumps. Like why? Like who wants that? You know, like they still think Vince is like, you know, in his, uh, in his run with Austin 20 years ago when he's like in his early fifties and he can still do stuff, but n- no way, man. Like there's no, no, no way we don't want to see Vince, you know, that it's just, it's, it's crazy. So I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty entertaining though. I, 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 I wonder how, I wonder what they're going to do for the lead up. You know, I imagine it comes to some sort of Vince versus AJ thing heading into WrestleMania and, you know, Vince picks a guy or something. I, I mean, I'm sure that's probably what they're doing, but um, here's the thing that really frustrated me on this show. <clears throat> so they're, they're teasing all these NXT people coming up, right? They have uh, EC3. They had, they shoot a, a video with him and he's doing the rock thing where he's just like buttoning his cuffs the whole time, you know, on his, on his shirt and he's like dressed all nice and you know he's kind of walking around like dressed to the nines and they're just promoting him you know like they should as as coming at you know coming soon they do the Lars thing coming soon Lacey coming soon heavy machinery coming soon and then i see poor Cien Almas <laughs> losing to the 205 live guy Mustafa Ali in in it was okay it was fun but just just losing and i'm thinking going like wait wasn't almost like the champ of nxt and he's on smackdown losing to the 205 live guy and you expect me to give a crap about these other nxt people that are coming up it was such a disconnect for me i was i was actually kind of angry watching it like obviously i i like almost so you know, I, I wish he would be treated a little bit better, but just like the slap in the face disconnect by the promote promoting these NXT folks. And like one of your best NXT guys ever is just in the ring, like losing uh, uh, the first match on the show. I was so bothered. Yeah, it's almost should be main eventing <laughs> coming up, not uh, not losing to uh, Mustafa Ali. He's not the guy you want to have lose and build this this guy it doesn't make sense i mean we, we talk about this every week how you know they drop the ball with the call-ups you know i mean nxt does all they can to get these guys hot enough to when they come up there's something and once, once they come up it's like they have to cool them down to light the flame under them but like it's just i don't understand that philosophy i don't understand like having to prove themselves all over again on the main roster like you bring new talent in to freshen up your shows, you know, the cards. You bring them in to bring new main events and new featured matches. You don't just put them down to 
to build them up because then once you put them down, it's just harder to get them popular again. You know, like there's no there's no way that you know Gable and Jordan. Well, how how they not come up as like one of the hottest acts yep. at the time? You know, why is Sandy just doing random matches now? You know, like it's it, the list goes on and on. And we we you know we talked about that. We talk like I said we talk about it every week. So it's it's a very frustrating product, at least on the main roster side. So I feel you, man. I feel your pain on that. And the AJ Styles Vince stuff. Where are they where are they going with this? Mm-hmm. You know. I know, like, wait till the story develops and all this stuff, but, like, I do not want to see Vince McMahon wrestle. 73 years old, yeah. right? We don't want to see that. Um, does he pick a guy to wrestle? Well, who's going to pick? You, you, you would think he'd pick Shane, right? But they've already <laughs> done that. They've yep. already done that match at WrestleMania. It was good for what it was. But I don't want to see that again. Are you, Is he just trying to motivate AJ Styles to bring that Georgia – Bulldog out of it. The pit bull. The pit bull. Like, the only he's only was a champion for damn near over a year. I know. Like, I know. You know, he's already been top level in your company. It's just I, I, ah, frustrating times. Frustrating times on the main WWE, which is and it's sad because like God, they have so much talent. They should be killing it right now. I know. I know. Um, all right, so. Uh, you have been watching some old, uh, so, the, so the, the I think that what was it the twelve the the, uh, the WWE Network and the Hidden Gem segment they're just throwing up a lot of old shows. <laughs> Excuse what me. Do, what do they call it? Twelve days of Christmas or twelve days? Yeah, of... twelve days of Christmas, and they've been really putting up some good stuff, like really, really good stuff. I just watched uh, the Night of Champions two, the NWA AWA event. From uh, December 29, 1985. And I've never seen this show other than the clip of Stan Hansen defeating Rick Martel for the AWA world title. The rest of the stuff, I don't remember seeing any footage of. So this is all brand new, and I was watching all wide-eyed. You know, and the first half of the show isn't, isn't too hot. You know, there's like a the opener with Ron Bass and J.J. Dillon. And it's, it's, it's a decent opener. Then they had like the midgets, which honestly, I fast forward <laughs> because you see one midget match, you've seen them all in, this, in the eighties, right? It's even though Cowboy Lang, former APW alumni himself, um, I just couldn't. Just, I know it's going to happen here. Cowboy Lang, Little Tokyo, I get it. I know it's going to happen. Then it was Ken Devine and Sherry Martell for the AWA Women's Title, and they were working hard in the beginning, but they kind of lost it towards the end. But the finish was kind of creative. And then there was like this. It really started picking up, but I, I swear I thought this match. I thought I was gonna fast forward this match. Sergeant Slaughter versus Boris Zukov versus Chris Markov in a handicap match. Why is it a handicap match? Maybe Slaughter just wanted to fight the two rushes together because he's tired of the outside interference. That's what I'm guessing. But it ended up being a really good match. Big old juice by the Sarge and Boris Zukov's working hard. I mean Markov's pretty bad but he did his you know he did his role well you know for what he was doing and, uh, it was pretty good uh rocker express was the long riders the you know scott bill Irwin, mm-hmm. um a really underrated tag team a lot of people don't remember him because you know unfortunately scott 
passed away of a brain tumor really young, like in his 30s. And uh, he was a super talented big man. Um, a lot of people might remember him. The old school fans who, who listen might remember him as the, one, the Super Destroyer. Um, he was really good. Just a really good, good talent. Every time I watch the long rise, I, kind of just, I just get sad watching him because I just know, like, wow, these guys could have been really big. And... Um, and they, and they watched record on Fresh, and it was a good, it was a good tag match, good solid tag match. Um, not as good as I expected it to be though. When I saw, when I saw that match, I'm like, wow, this is gonna be awesome. It wasn't awesome, it was just very good. Um, Road Warriors versus uh, Ivan Koloff and Crusher Crusoe was fantastic, man. Oh yeah, but that was a good, 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 good brawl. The finish is kind of wonky, you know, because. But it, it was just like a, it was just like a really good physical match. And I, you know, I was kind of bummed that it was Nikita in there with, with Ivan. But uh, you know, Crusher Khrushchev, you know, smashed Demolition, Barry Darso. You know, he's, he's he's really good, you know, too. But I just like Nikita, you know. Nikita, we just we just, like, we just talked about him last week when he was uh, a different guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, Barry Darso. Yeah, he's a repo man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's been through it all. But, uh, <clears throat> That was a really good match. A lot. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and the match. Oh, Magnum TA versus uh, Tully Blanchard, fresh off Starcade. Magnum TA is now the uh, U.S. champ. It was a nice, solid twelve-minute match. Clean finish right in the middle. Uh, double juice by both men. Yeah, you know, blood was flying. And then there was uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair for the, AW, the NWA World Title. Um, it was about. Uh, I want to say, I think it was like 16 minutes. It was probably one of my favorite Dusty Road for Flair matches. It was action-packed. You know, we, we knew, you know the spots already, right? You could probably imagine. Oh, yeah. You know, you could probably, but, like, the crowd's really hot. The, 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 the speed, like, they're going just full-on this whole match. And it was, it was, it was like I said, it's my, you know, of course, the typical Dusty finish happens, blah, blah, blah. But uh, definitely my second favorite Dusty versus Flair match right behind Starcade uh, '85, which you know took place uh, a month earlier. You know, and then I, like I said, I had to go back and rewatch Stan Hansen versus Rick Martel. Now I've only seen the finish or the clip because back when I was tape trading, when I first I was like really into like getting like the big title changes on tape, and that was one I wanted to see because I was used to reading the magazines, the after magazines, yeah, seeing pictures of the of the Boston Crab on Rick Martel. <laughs> And so, so I get you know, so I get to watch the full match, which is I'm looking forward to it. So, and that because I just recently watched before that there was a 1984 Christmas show, and the main event of that was Rick Martel versus Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. They had a really, really good match, really good match. And, was, uh, was Precious there? Precious was there with Gorgeous Jimmy, and I just laugh because okay, I gotta tell you APW story. <laughs> it, goes, it goes along with Jimmy Garvin. This is back when I was managing. Uh, tag team of ego which was nate rules and aj kirsch and there was Derek sanders who eventually become an ego but he was the heart of fire Derek sanders white meat baby face like he's just turning heel and gay ramirez the booker apw at the time was telling him like you know what you should do you should look like jimmy garvin you should get like the sequence pants pants and get that to wear to wrestle and i'm sitting there like Jimmy Garvin wore sequence pants out, but he took off in white trucks or white boots. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I don't know. I just thought, okay, this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I said, Derek, just do you, man. And then so, yeah, so he ended up doing, you know, Derek stuck to his guns and wore trunks because you don't want to put long tights on a guy that has great legs and a body like, you know, like Lex Luger. You know what I mean? Like, right. you just don't want that. So, anyway, when I see Jimmy Garvin, I always think about that little conversation in the locker room. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but that was a good show. Um, and now I'm going to watch. There's an 86 Christmas show from ADBA with, like, the Midnight Rockers, you know, versus Buddy Rose and Doug Summers. But it's, like, the whole show. So I'm going to look – I'm looking forward to watching that next. So how did Dusty and, and Rick not main event that show? I, I don't know. Maybe it was the – because of the title change, they thought – you know, they're doing a title change with the AWA title. Maybe, you know, I guess that's the only way that you would even be okay with it. Right. Like not, not that Rick and Stan, you know, weren't going to have a good, a good match or that they weren't big enough stars, but you're talking about flair and dusty. Like, you know, it's true. Like the, but I think the, you're also like, they know they're going to do the dusty finish. You know, dusty was about second referee cast the fall, but the other referee saw the, Odor's top rope disqualification while he's laying there on the ground and he takes the belt from Dusty and gets the flare. So they probably don't want to end it on a on one of those. But you know, and then had a t- they know they're gonna do a title change, so why don't you put the title change at the finish, you know? And and like let the fans go home, like, hey, we just saw something historic happen. Cause at the time in nineteen eighty five, like the AW title still meant something. Yeah, yeah. Um cool. Yeah, I I've been wanting to check some of that stuff out, but man, this it's a lot of stuff like whenever i think about the holidays i think about oh you know because if you think about it right like four day four day weekend right like we we had saturday and sunday off and then monday's christmas eve and then tuesday's christmas day and you're like oh my gosh i have so much time to do stuff i didn't have time to do anything man yeah, yeah. so i didn't get to i didn't get to do a whole lot but hope maybe maybe for the uh the upcoming uh new year's and new year's eve yeah, I usually uh, sneak it in late at night. That's basically right before I get to bed. I throw on an hour of matches and just catch up. And then at work, you know, shoot, lunchtime after I eat my lunch, I'm like, throw on the network and watch some wrestling or yeah. YouTube and just best way to catch up there. So uh, I know I watch a lot of stuff, but it's like I find like certain hours don't get it on in. I just love watching wrestling. I just love it. Yeah. So and I know this segment is normally called what what's John watching, but I did watch something which I think is pretty cool for folks. You know, we're, we're getting pretty close to Tokyo, Tokyo Dome time and New Japan's uh, U.S. YouTube channel has these shows, these like they're not even really shows. They're like eight minutes long and they're called <coughs> Excuse me. the recount with Kevin Kelly. And basically, Kevin Kelly voiceovers like a pa- like a long package of New Japan history, and so the ones that I watched was uh, about the um, the faction chaos and how the faction chaos came to be, and so there's like tons of you know I mean it it, it only really goes back about ten years or so, but you know you could see young Nakamura and young Okada and young Naito like they look you know, so different than they, than they would eventually look when they're main eventers or when they're the top guys. But you get to learn a little bit about, I was like, oh, you know, there, there's guys that are, that are there today in other roles um, that, you know, they're not in main event roles and they were in main event roles like, you know, seven, eight years ago. So it's pretty cool. 
And then they also do the the one about the history of the Bullet Club. And so, you know, you get to see Prince Devitt and Carl Anderson going to the finals of the G1 against Okada. Mm-hmm. And Great then, match. And then Luke Gallows. Like, Carl Anderson, like, I, I saw him today uh, on SmackDown. Gosh, he looks so... He doesn't look, <laughs> like, different, like, facially. But body-wise, he definitely looks different. He's, like, so slimmed down. And back then, he was kind of jacked. Um but yeah, you know, and then and Devitt and, you know, who, who's Devitt, you know, beating up? Who, who's Bullet Club beating up and putting through tables? None other than Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. Um, and just cool stuff like that. So, you know, if you are kind of getting fired up for, uh, you know, for, for the Tokyo Dome and you want to learn a little bit more about the history, like I've never seen a, most of that footage because, you know, I didn't really start watching until a New Japan World. You know, I would just read th- the results and read, you know, what's going on in the Observer like everybody else. But kind of fun to look at that and you know i don't have a whole bunch of time to go dig through and watch those shows on new japan world and you know sort of figure out what i want to watch so stuff like this where they do great you know video packages perfect for you know for just you want to burn 20 minutes and watch three of them it's like really good stuff and you know kevin kelly is on the on his history and he's not like this is not like revisionist history either right this is like explaining what was going on at the time like Okada comes in and he's like, yeah, you know, he's Ghetto's guy. Ghetto's like pushing him really hard. <laughs> and uh, and Tanahashi, <laughs> you know, pushing? I don't know if you use the word pushing, but basically oh, he was saying like, like, uh, you know, Tanahashi didn't think that that Okada was worthy of, of being a champion yet. But, you know, Ghetto, Ghetto was was, you know, w- was getting him out in front of the people. It was it, it was just I, I like the way that they did it, because, you know, you could do the you could do the the whatever the storyline aspect of it was which i you know I, I wasn't watching but oh you know the young okada comes back and you know they're trying to they're trying to create a superstar which they eventually did um but it was kind of interesting the way that he said it i thought i thought it was good though um, no i think that's i think that's great i think that's something that uh, a lot of companies need to do you know especially um like for example like i watch no, not just New Japan. I watch a lot of stuff. I watch All Japan. I watch Noah, Russell One. Mm-hmm. And, like, for example, like, Russell One has a really good 30 minute TV show that airs every Friday on the YouTube channel. I mean, I really enjoy it. It's like, it's, it's, they have a cool host and the random, just, the restaurant girls, they, they kind of rotate the girls and their, their host. They show, like, footage of that week's house shows. And it's like, random i just wish they would throw english subtitles yeah like, yeah like just all that's all you need to do same thing with noah like noah has, does a great job of like showing clips of like like you know 10 to 7 to 10 minutes long of like matches during the week and then like promos afterwards following the matches like all good but make it great for because there's a lot of u.s fans that watch it like myself like i want to know what's going on and thank god for sami on the you know, Twitter, who uh, she, you know, works so hard and translates all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm able to follow it that way. Like, without her, I would be, I would just be, like, enjoying the action and not really as deep in the stories as I get, you know. So, I mean, I would like to see, it would be nice to see Noah just, you know, someone just throw some English subtitles and get, get new fans invested. Like, All Japan should be doing the same thing. All Japan has a YouTube channel. They have a page site, of course, that, you know, I subscribe to, but... You know, for the fans that are not subscribing to AllJapan.tv, they should they should uh, 
you know, when they show the clips on YouTube of like, you know, the promos and the backstage interviews, like have English subtitles so fans like, you know what? I'm kind of want to see that upcoming title match between Kento Miyahara and Kai coming up. You know, I want to see it. I want to see that match. They're popping me up on these promos and I, and I, and I I'm caught up with the story. Yep. You know, I want to go pay now to, to watch that on the, on the paying site. But I think that's where they're missing those, those smaller companies are missing out. And that's, it's nice to see all Japan I and mean, I start to see new Japan start recognizing, Hey, a lot of our subscribers come from the United States and let's, let's, let's cater to them. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> this, the Tokyo Dome yeah, show, the Tokyo Dome show is probably going to be, uh, even, uh, they're probably gonna have more ticket sales than last year. So, you know, whatever, whatever it is now, you know, even though I would say it took them a little while because we've been asking for this stuff for a little while. But, you know, they're now, you know, they're doubling down on on the product, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, it, it it's it's just some, imagine if we didn't have New Japan or for you, you know, all Japan and Russell one and Noah and all we had was WWE like, oh, my God. Yeah, no. It's, though I'd probably, I'd though I'd probably watch NXT and NXT UK and and that stuff too. Well, I mean, I mean, that's where I'm really finding my my wife kind of laughs because it was Christmas Eve <laughs> <laughs> after the presents were wrapped, and you know, I, I wrapped her presents that night, and uh, we put the presents out. We did the you know, we did the uh, eating of the cookie for Santa and the nibbling mm-hmm. of the carrots for the reindeer you know when chloe walks out and you know all that stuff but like after it's all said and done i was like well i'm still kind of jazz you know like so i throw on the noah show (laughs) (laughs) and she's like my wife's trying to take pictures of the setting with the with the uh with the presents the tree and all that and and then she's like can you turn off this i don't want this like random japanese guy (laughs) oh (laughs) man you know what i mean like i'm like we can't just Show some Noah TV. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like, I just can't believe you're watching this on Chris C. But it's just me. Like, that's just me. I mean, before I met her, I was always watching wrestling all the time. Well, maybe maybe, maybe if you threw on the uh, the match between Bobby Lashley and Elias that was Christmas-themed, maybe that would have fit the picture a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that would have been perfect. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, no, it was just, it was just, it was that, that kind of cracked me up because that's, you know, my my wife's just kind of, she just, you know, Katrina just, <laughs> she just shakes her head. I mean, but that's me, right? If I if I didn't watch that kind of stuff or didn't have that, so I would be, it wouldn't be me. Wrestling is such a huge part of my life, you know. It's oh yeah. A very important. It's a very important part of my life, and you know, and I love it. So I just, I, I just want to keep learning and studying and finding new talent. And I was just, I just put a post out today on Facebook, man. I was. I don't know why, but, like, it was weird. Like, I, you know, I kind of, like, you know, you go on YouTube, you have your subscription, like, you follow, right? Yeah. But there's, like, that that recommended stuff and stuff that you've been clicking on. So, like, oh, you might like this. And for some reason, like, Premiere came up on on that. And it was, like, it was Thatcher versus Joe Graves from uh, Survive, uh, Embrace the Grind. Sorry. And, and I, just, like, watched a little bit of it, and I just got really – really sad really nostalgic and i was like man i just miss it i miss i miss booking like that i miss i miss finding guys and like building them up like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. i just really i miss it so much and it was funny i was reading uh dave did a great job on the hall of fame issue as he always does yep 
and he's talking about Gary Hart, and and there's a part in there, that little paragraph that like kind of reminded myself. Not that I'm great as Gary Hart was, because he's, he's a brilliant mind, a great great legend, and a true Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, that he said he's more proud of discovering talent than actually his booking. Even though he books some great stuff, right? It was the discovering talent what he was so proud of. And that's what I, that's what my thing is. Yeah, I like I like finding the young talent and kind of having some kind of influence on their career, giving them a little push some way and see them take it. And it just makes me proud when that happens. So I don't know. I just miss that. I just really, really miss that stuff. I don't know. How, how do you get your fix? <laughs> Five game blog. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, so going back to Christmas, uh, we got we're done with all the wrestling stuff, and you know we'll have next week's show to kind of preview the Tokyo Dome. Though, I mean, if I if I knew what was on the Ryzen show, we we could talk about it. I just don't really know what's on it. I ho- I hope it finds a home though for for streaming rights because I want to watch it because it's like Sunday night I think. And so Come I'll on, the Zone get get. get I know the Zone or Fight TV Fight. or whatever. Man, um, but uh, but yeah, so you know. But if I do get to watch it, maybe we'll talk about it next week. But uh, that, yeah, that's that's about it. So, so speaking of Christmas, now uh, I want I want to hear the story. It's the boy's first Christmas, though he's still too young to really know what's going on. But I feel like this is like prime Christmas time for your daughter. Oh yeah, this is the first. This is the first year she really got it all. Like Santa's coming. Uh, she got pumped up for the cookie put put out. You know. And she wants to help mommy. We had two dishes because two my sister gave me a dish, like specialized Chloe Hunter first, you know, Christmas dish. And there's another dish, so we had to use both of them. So we had <laughs> two sets of cookies. And I did. I was off my keto for the night, so I did take I did take a big bite of a mm-hmm, cookie. Mm-hmm. My 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 one of only two sweets I had those two days. By the way, it's actually pretty good. It's good. Uh, I I was uh, so bad on Christmas. By the way. <laughs> And it was funny because my wife puts the plates down next to the fireplace with the cookies and the carrots. And my daughter's like, okay, I'm going to help you, Mommy. Okay, Mommy, I'll help you put the cookies down. Okay, yeah, she's all excited. She goes, and so she goes, gets the glass of milk. And I said, wait, you let Mommy help you with that, right? And then she goes, oh, she's okay. Sure enough, boom, spills. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I must... I must. I just can see into the future, my daughter. You know, mm-hmm. I just, you know, she's she's part of me, and I, that that's a move I, that I would have pulled. Off, you, know, <laughs> you know, and it, and it brought back memories. Cause I remember when I was little, my we got new carpet right in our house. My mom would go, John, can you go give me a cup of coffee? I go get it. Hold on, be careful. Don't wait. don't spill. You're like you're so nervous. Yeah. This coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was like watching close. I didn't try to do that, but I was like, oh, in my, in my eyes, I'm like, oh no. And then boom, she spills, and she's like, oh, oh no. And then like we're like, it's okay, it's okay. She's just, it's okay, daddy. It's okay, daddy. Okay, it's okay. That's what <laughs> But Christmas morning, she woke up. She was all excited to get presents. She opens up her present. It's like this first present she opens up is this thing my my wife got her. It's this Velcro, like, fruit and vegetables, and you had, like, this wooden knife, and, like, you, you're cutting the fruit. It's, like, for, like, motor skills, you know, to help mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you cut through the Velcro, these little slits they have, and it makes, like, a little, like, a cut sound. She was so into that, right, okay, let's watch, open another one. No. Nah. Yeah. 
she could care less about her other presents. She was she was she was just focused on cutting all that stuff in that thing. So we eventually had to like convince her like to open the rest of the presents to get to stay going because we had to go to me mom pop's house in a bit to open more presents. You know, so yeah, yeah. She didn't want to leave. She just wanted to keep cutting those uh, those fruits and vegetables up. It was, it was hilarious. No, it's awesome. I, Christmas is the best. Like, it, and it'll 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 peak out when you know when she's like seven, eight. You know, there's there's still there's still some peaking, and then and then the boy will be of age too when it it just gets to be so much fun. Like you like you I, have you have more fun than the kids will. I'm bummed that all the decorations are gonna go down. My wife did such an awesome job on the decorations, like. It's pretty relaxing at night when the, the, the lights are on, the, the lights oh, yeah. are on the trees. We, oh, we, yeah. We have, we have, you saw today when you came over. Oh, yeah. Multiple trees. There's a daddy tree, a mommy tree, a Chloe tree, and I think Hunter has one somewhere. And it's like, it's just very, it's a very relaxing night. And it's going to be, but I'm going I'm to miss it. So I'm gonna miss, my wife does a great job when it comes to the holidays. I mean, she really goes all out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, it's cool. Um, so. My kids, I basically told them, I think it was last year, I was like, look, you guys are old enough to buy people presents. (laughs) You know, it doesn't have to be a lot. You you both are, you know, you both are still in school. So it's not like, you know, it's not like you have a lot of money, though, you know. When you do get birthday money, you could think about putting some of it aside for when you have to buy other people's stuff, but no. And so I said, it is not going to be okay for on Christmas morning, you wake up in a hurry and try to create some tired Christmas card that you hand drew in five minutes (laughs) and play that off as like something really special that you worked hard on. Like, yeah, you know, when you're like 10, like that's okay, but not at like 17, 18, 19. So I told them, I go, look like that, that doesn't fly. And, and guess what? You guys aren't good artists anyway. So it kind of sucks at the same time. <laughs> and so I said, you know, cause then it, then it comes to the part of like, well, you know, thinking of like, buying a gift and maybe having 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever that gets hard. Like, you know, it's things that are kind of cool, cost a little bit of money. So you got to be creative. And so I, I took the creativity out from them completely. I said, okay, here's what you do. All I want is I want both of you to buy me a coffee mug. I love coffee mugs. I wouldn't say I'm a collector of coffee mugs, but I just like having coffee mugs around for whatever reason. It makes it, it makes me feel good to have just like coffee mugs, like coffee to me is like relaxing. And like, that's what you do when you get up and you read the newspaper or now, you know, my phone. And so I said, that's all you have to do. Just buy me a coffee mug for Christmas and just be creative. And then I want to see your personalities come in in whatever coffee mug you get me. So I forgot the one that JJ got me, but it said something like boss queen on it or something. So (laughs) right in his wheelhouse of being like, you know, rascal, the sense of humor. And then, you know, Brian got me one that was sort of fit his personality, which was good. And and I I liked them both. But, you know, that the in you, you won't have to worry about that for a little while. But when it gets to the point of like where 
you know, to just get your kid to think about something other than themselves for like, you know, a little bit, just a little bit. And, and, and so I'll do the math for them too. I'll, I'll go like, look, if you want to add up all the money that I spent on you guys in Christmas presents for all of the Christmases, like you would essentially have to like buy me a car if like you wanted to match like how much it is. So just, you know, just be a little bit more thoughtful. But yeah, I I hope, I hope they get like, you know, when they finally have kids and, 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 and that, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll become more thoughtful in that, in that thing. Cause you know, I still, you know, I'm, I'm trying, you know, even, even, you know, I don't, I don't know how it is for like when you buy your, your parents stuff, like, you know, parents don't really want anything, right? Like they're just like, ah, like, you know, mom, you know, your mom, you say, mom, what do you want? She'd probably be like, oh, nothing. You know, I don't need anything. That's how moms are. But you know, so I, you, so it's hard to be creative, but I kind of still know like the sweet spots for my parents, but the, but you know, I have a niece and nephew too. So that's where the fun comes. Like, you know, I bought my niece, like all the LOL dolls and all she wanted to do was open them all on Christmas. <laughs> and then my nephew, I got him all the Thomas, the train stuff. And all he wanted to do is play Thomas the train all day. So, you know, I still get, I still get that stuff too. So it's fun, but yeah, my own kids, I kind of have to push them a little bit. It's like, okay, here's here's an expectation. This is what I expect out of you. So, set the table for them. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I, when I started buying presents for Christmas, I was like, you know, of course, limited budget, right? Um, but I was always get like people DVDs, uh-huh. like movies. And I remember like I did it for like years. I must have done it for like a good like two, three, maybe four or five years actually. And I remember my brother-in-law like made a comment like, huh? Another DVD. <laughs> and, like, I, you know how, like, you know how bummed I was when he said that? Like, yeah, I yeah. just felt like I just didn't, and I stopped buying DVDs at that point. For, for like I Christmas, know. I just, but, like, but I, I didn't realize until that time, like, okay, John, we got it, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that was a slap in the face reality. <laughs> I, was really, I was really down and out about that one when that happened. That's a, your story kind of reminded me, brought that memory back. <laughs> Not a good memory, Garrett, but it was. Uh, but I know I, it's gonna be weird when Chloe then buys us and then the hunters start buying presents. That's gonna be fun. Not a long time away. Long time away. Long time. Long away. time Thank away. God. Yeah. Uh, the day. The, the days are over when you know you get the best dad ever hand drawn card. You know that is not even that artistic. I will tell you though, I, my Christmas present happened today. Chloe was, you know, she wanted to throw the ball. Like, she got this little little basketball hoop thing. More for Hunter, but Chloe's been playing with it because Hunter just looks at it and kisses the ball and wants to put <laughs> on it. But Chloe got one that, you know, she got the basketball and she, th- she throws it to me. I was like, let's play catch, Chloe. And she throws it and she caught it, right? And she's getting better at catching. And I'm teaching her, watch the ball into your hand. Mm-hmm. Don't watch me. Don't watch me as a, you know, you watch it into your hand. And she was getting it. Then... I taught I taught her. We're just doing underhand. We're just doing granny throws, right? And I say, and I said, now when you throw it to me, Cully, don't throw it fast and high and everywhere. Look at my chest and throw it to my chest. And she was getting it. She's coachable, dude. Like she's, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, maybe there's a career in some sports after all. <laughs> there you go. You know, like she was, she was getting it after you know pretty quickly. So I was. I was, I was, that was pretty, that was, that was cool, man. That was very, very cool to see. So what T T balls only like a year and a half away or something for you to yeah, put her in T ball yeah, for sure. For her, I think it's dance is going to be her first thing. Cause she loves music and she loves to, 
she just loves to start shaking it, which is could be a scary thing later on. <laughs> We're in trouble, but um, but no, she loves. She just feels music really well, and and uh, she can just learn how to catch a ball. She can learn how to do the steps. So yeah, or cool. or there there may be a new sport by then where she has to concentrate on dancing, and then people just throw like racquetballs at her, and she's got to catch them at the same time. Extreme Zumba. There you go. <laughs> Oh, man. That's what they do for like basketball training. Like uh, you, you're dribbling basketball with one hand, and you got to look up, and they're throwing you a tennis ball. In the other hand, you got to catch it and throw it back while still dribbling the basketball with your right hand. Yeah, oh, like that. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she was. Uh, she's a. I don't know. She could be a good athlete because man, she runs up this house and jumps off the couch. She does not care. Doesn't really care about getting hurt. Like she slams herself. I'm like, man. And I don't let her watch wrestling, so I don't know where she's getting this from. You can teach her how to gracefully do a high cross. High cross body? Yeah. I have picked her up and slammed her on the couch. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. So next week, uh, you know, we'll have our little Tokyo Dome preview and discuss that big show. Because, I don't know, are you going to be able to watch that show live? Yeah. That's going to be a long night. Over. It's going to be a long night. What time does it start? Probably like 10 o'clock, I think. And it's like five hours long. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Jeff Cobb in the yeah. gauntlet. Yeah. It's just going to be the, the three amigos, right? I think Arthur so. Kid. I think so. I think yeah. it's going to be the three of us because Dave's going to be out in uh, out in Japan watching it live. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do to stay awake. I'm guessing just black coffee, right? That's yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to get coffees before for sure. And I don't know what to eat. I'm trying to figure out what to eat. Probably, if I do eat late, it has to be something that's no carb and maybe uh, we'll, maybe we'll uh, late night Chipotle run or something <laughs> before it closes. Hey, we need your last. Oh yeah, nine. I think it closes at ten. So you go go in there at nine thirty, get our last meal, get some coffee, and then it's us and a Tanahashi. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I'm looking forward to that main event. Should be should be something. All right, so uh, so that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week to uh, to discuss all of that and more, and we'll see if Alexander Gustafson can do it. I don't I don't think he can, but hey, I hope so. I've been wrong before many times. All right, so uh, for John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.